0: Hey everybody, it's Ryan here, host of the Pursuit of Happiness podcast. It is great to be back in 2022. For those of you who listened to my previous episode, knows why I've been off for the last few weeks. Um, didn't really start off the way I wanted to this year, but boy, oh boy, do I have a great episode for you today! And now, for those of you who are not familiar, this podcast is called The Pursuit of Happiness. Now, this is a podcast where I get to have conversations with some amazing people from all over the world who have stories to share, experiences we can learn from, and knowledge in areas that we can use and apply to our lives to make us better and happier people. Each episode has a different topic, but all geared towards helping us along our own pursuit of happiness and helping us understand this journey we call life just a little better. We'll touch on everything from mental health to nutrition, diet, fitness, travel and adventure, relationships, and much, much more. Now, along this journey, I'll also experiment and apply some of the advice and information from my conversations to see how it affects me along my own pursuit of happiness, and then report back to all of you. Now, don't forget, if you enjoy this episode or any other episode, please, please take a moment to subscribe leave me a rating and a review it's always greatly appreciated and while also helping get these great conversations to even more listeners and as I just mentioned yes this episode was great and the timing is great too for all those people who created new year's resolutions to get in shape to lose weight to eat better and be healthier I present to you Shannon Baruchian. she is here to help you you're about to find out why she is such an amazing holistic health coach and fat loss expert. Now, I became familiar with Shannon from doing Insanity Max, the Beach Body videos, and constantly seeing her kick ass while I was on the ground huffing for more air and drinking more water. I was like, how in the world does she do this? So I reached out to her and asked her this exact question, and you're about to find out how. Yeah, we talk about her days being in Insanity Max and being a beach body instructor, but this conversation has so much good information. It was truly eye-opening for me, and I'm really into health and fitness. Through life lessons of her own, Shannon has developed a much healthier relationship with food and fitness, and she explains how we can do the same. As much as we talk about the physical fitness and Getting a great physique we really do touch on the mental aspect of eating and eating guilt-free and yes that includes her take on quote-unquote cheat meals and let's be real she's a fitness instructor former beach body trainer she's in great shape so of course I had to ask her what in the world do you eat on a daily basis and what are your cheat meals now one of my favorite moments of this conversation is when we broke down what exactly toning is and how cardio might not be the thing to help you get there. With all that said, I was super excited for this podcast. I had high expectations, and boy, oh, boy, did she exceed them. So, Shannon, thank you so much. I know you will all appreciate this conversation, and you will learn so much that you can apply to your lives. So, without further ado, here is Shannon Boruchian. Hello. All right, Shannon. Sweet. How are
1: you?
0: I'm doing well. How are you?
1: I'm good. I'm good.
0: Excellent. I see uh a lot of snow behind you.
1: Oh yeah. Uh actually not as much as it was. We had um uh maybe like a couple inches fall the other week. It hasn't been a horrible winter, but like knock on wood, I hope I'm not jinxing myself.
0: <laughs> are you in New Jersey? I, I am. Think? Okay. Whereabouts? Yeah.
1: Uh northern like Mountain Creek area okay sweet if you know that yeah where are you
0: so i'm in the uh, raleigh durham north carolina area but i'm a i'm okay. a northeasterner at heart i grew up in upstate okay. new york so i'm familiar with the northeast and
1: yeah i'm the... like right the corner before you go to the new york state
0: okay yeah, On yeah the left I'm, side. I'm familiar with that and i'm familiar with the grayness and the snow and everything that comes with winter it's uh it's yeah. brutal it is brutal i was actually uh. in upstate new york two weeks ago um I know, I know you had commented on my, my grandfather passing away. I appreciate that.
1: I'm sorry to hear that.
0: And, uh, yeah. So the funeral's up there in New York and, uh, I, I was taking the dogs out one night and it was like negative 12 degrees. I'm just like, this is, oh my God. This is
1: when you question why you live where you live.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's bad. Negative 12 is, that's something else. That's a different kind of bad. Really. Yeah. We had
1: an ice storm the other day and I'm like scraping off ice in my car. I'm like why am I in New Jersey again? Like, why do I love it here?
0: (laughs) I don't, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm definitely not mad that I left. It's not necessarily the cold I can deal with. It's the winter that lasts forever and doesn't go away until like April or May. Sometimes you're just like, what the hell? (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I've, I've been looking forward to this podcast. I'm so glad we finally got to connect. I feel like it's a long time in the making and, uh, yeah, Shannon. So I've been um, I've been watching you on on Insanity for uh, oh for quite gosh. some time, and uh, no, this is really cool because so last year I actually had Sarah. I don't I don't know if you guys stay in contact or connection, anybody you do that stuff with. So I yeah, had Sarah. I had Sarah oh on last year, and both you two. Um, yeah. Caught my eye doing that because, like, when I'm dying and I'm heaving and I'm just like, "Oh," <laughs> cursing out Sean T. You two are still killing it. Yep. <laughs> I just, I was like, I don't understand this, and I had the idea I was like, I got a contact Sean, especially those, wh- what's it called, the uh, the the Switch light kicks? kicks, the swish kicks. You 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 even know what it is because I'm like 15 seconds in, I'm done. <laughs> You're still going at rapid speed. I was like, all right, this girl is doing something right. I got to talk to her. So,
1: well, it's actually the faster you go, the easier it is. So really I was just trying to survive. And the way the floor was is if you got momentum, like you got some bounce.
0: So really
1: it was just a giant hack. I was like, I'm just trying to survive just as much as everyone else.
0: (laughs) Ah, that's awesome. Yeah. So for people listening, I saw you and Insanity Max, obviously, your your fitness and your fitness knowledge and diet and nutrition. That's why you're here today. But um, yeah, real quick, filming Insanity and Max, how was that? How was that experience? When was that? And just tell me more about that real quick.
1: Yeah. So, oh gosh, I want to say the year was 2014 or we filmed 2013 and it came out 2014. Um, and I was in college at the time. Oh, wow. And yeah, so here I am. There was so much that happened behind the scenes in order to make that This like wild dream that I had for the longest time that I didn't even know was going to be an opportunity to to jump in and do to have that come to reality. I um it's funny, a few years before that, my mom was scrolling on Facebook and saw some advertisement for like an insanity infomercial. And she was like, you know, I was doing insanity in my college dorm room at the Mm. time and just fell in love with the program. And I did it like literally every single day for three years. And she was like, Shannon let's go into the city, you know, just, just go, just go audition. And um, I remember going to that audition and I, Tanya was in there and Mm -hmm. ran it. And here I am walking in, I'm like immediately starstruck. And the audition was like, I'm not even kidding, maybe three minutes. And just Tanya putting us through the hardest three minutes of my entire life. And I walk out and I'm like, I just, that was okay. We're, we'll we'll see what happens. And I got a call back, and I and I did the infomercial, and I got to meet Sean. And um, it was through those connections that I was able to hear about the audition for Insanity Max 30. And just um, it was it was such a, a juggle because here I was. I would wake up in the morning. I would take the train into the city. You know, we would go film two workouts. I would come back. I would do my college classes. I would do my homework at night, and then go back into the city the next morning. And five days a week for maybe two three months, and it was just like the most challenging, hard, amazing experience of my entire life.
0: That's incredible. So five yeah. days a week for, for how long? Two to three months. And so what were you doing those five days? Because they're only 30-minute discs. So what were you doing?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, behind the scenes, like we would train for two workouts a day to build up the endurance and the stamina to be able to go into a 30-minute workout for filming, like in peak condition. Okay. And while we were training behind the scenes, we were learning the format of the moves protecting or er, perfecting our form. They were still solidifying the workouts and like what moves went well, or Sean was, you know, what moves connected well and like the timing and the sequence of it and the time of the exercises and rest breaks and all of it. And also us just getting really comfortable and familiar with, you know, maxing out and then going to take a water break and pushing ourselves to that limit. And so it was a combination of them solidifying the workouts with, us really getting in that peak condition and being in tip-top shape so that when we did come to filming week, you know, it, it was very quick. We're like, okay, we knew Monday we're signed up. I got this workout. We go in, we film it, move on next. And the, and it was a very condensed, accelerated timeline.
0: Okay. Now be yeah. honest. Did you do insanity to get ready to film insanity or were you guys doing other things too? <laughs>
1: So we were doing those workouts as they were perfecting them in real time, like as they were solidifying them. So we might've done, let's say Friday fight round one, but different iterations of it until we learned what the final one was going to be, um, for filming day. But we were doing like max 30 in theory to prepare for filming of max 30.
0: What was your results? Like, were you like, damn, this really (laughs) kicked my ass and I got in peak condition or what?
1: Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's so funny because I was going to school for exercise science. You know, I've always been an athlete. I played soccer growing up. I did, you know, I was a group fitness instructor. Fitness was kind of my life. And me personally would do beach body workouts just to get in shape and stay in shape. And like many people, I wanted to be skinny. I wanted to have abs. I wanted to, you know, look fit and strong and all of these things. And it wasn't until filming or I should say like the process of going through the training of Max 30 that I actually looked the way I had dreamt I wanted to look my entire life. And now what you didn't, you know, see behind the scenes is I was also tracking macros throughout that time. I was teaching my fitness classes throughout that time. I was still working throughout that time. And so, yeah, you saw, you know, I was doing the two, training sessions with the cast in preparation, but I was also doing a lot of workouts behind the scenes just because that was my career at the time teaching group fitness while I was also going to college. So it was a combination of, you know, working with Sean and us doing these incredibly hard hitting workouts plus two hours of exercising a day. Plus my nutrition was so unbelievably dialed in because Mm -hmm. I knew going into it, I was like, if I'm going to be on the screen of millions of people in a sports bra, like we we are not playing games. <laughs> like I'm going to get in the best shape. And I remember getting to filming and I've never been, I've never been so lean in my entire life. Like I could see like my bicep vein, I could see like the veins in my stomach. And unfortunately for me, I mean, nothing against, you know, that process was amazing, but that became my standard of success mm. of like, if I didn't look like that, then I was a failure. And it, you know, looking back now, I can see, that was so unsustainable for me, right? Like I couldn't continue to work out for two hours a day for the rest of my life. I didn't actually want to be that level of leanness because my nutrition had to be so dialed in. But to answer your question, oh my gosh, the shape we all got in, I I will probably never have endurance like I did during that time.
0: It's crazy. <laughs> and I'm okay I, with it. <laughs> it's funny because I just wrote down, I'm making notes as you talk, like sus- yeah. unsustainable. It sounds like that was completely unsustainable. Oh yeah. And um, I I kind of wish that we got to see the 30 minute videos before you all kicked yourself into gear for two to right. three months. So yeah. I can be a little more relatable to you guys. So you guys huff <laughs> in a minute five instead of minute, like 15, when we're all, <laughs> we've already been dead for 10 minutes already. But, uh,
1: oh, I mean, you should have seen us during training when we're all like, everyone would start our workouts. Like, uh, you know, they would have the doors closed because you're we in this giant, you know, a picture it like a, um, a dance studio type room where they have mirrors in front of you and we're all okay. just spread out on the floor, you know, in our little spots. And everyone would start with like sweat shirts on and sweatpants and we'd warm up. And then by the end of it, everyone's like shirts are off. We're just like the, the mirrors are all fogged up because everyone's sweating so much. People are just screaming at Sean because it's just so hard. It was we were fighting. We were fighting to get in shape. And a lot of us have come from the place of being the person behind, like in watching someone inside the videos and connecting, you know, the way you connected with Sarah and myself. I did insanity growing up, you know, I did T25, I did all these programs. And so the majority of the cast had, so this was such a special project for us because we knew what it was like to connect to that person on the screen. And we wanted to be that for you. Like we wanted, and so we worked so hard to make sure that this project was just the best it could possibly be like heart and soul into it. And for Sean as well.
0: That's awesome. Do you have like a best friend or a connection you still talk to from that uh from those videos?
1: Yeah, I mean, oh my gosh, like Tiffany is my ride or die. Um Sarah's fantastic. We all still stay in touch, you know, Michael's great. It's everyone's kind of doing their own thing now, and I even I even just talked to Jessica. When was it? Last week or a week or two because um Sean was supposed to have an event in Miami, but unfortunately got canceled cuz he's having shoulder surgery. Mm. Um but we definitely all stay in contact and when he has live events, we try to all meet up. It's we're like a giant family.
0: That's really cool. Well, you guys yeah. honestly, I know I've been joking around a lot. Like you inspire me. <laughs> I um I look forward to to workouts. I work out probably five, six days a week or so. But I'll be honest with you, when I decide today's the day I'm gonna do an insanity i get nervous it's a different i I delay like i'm like all right am i ready to go no not yet i'll just like 10 more minutes Uh, i'm not ready yet i know i'm going to be huffing in about 10 minutes i'm gonna get my ass kicked i'm cursing out shanti i'm looking at self-imposed torture yeah it's it's what it is but it does work and so um we're recording this i um Two days after I was just talking to who's my fiance, and uh, so we have a wedding coming up in September. Oh, we're both athletes, thank you. We're both athletes, we're both in pretty good shape and everything. And um, I was like, you know, what are your thoughts on doing the Insanity Max like calendar to a T over the next like couple of months or whatever? She's like, I was gonna ask you the same thing, so. For the last few years, I've been doing Insanity Max as like a mix-in of like, we're going to the gym, going for a run and do this. Cool. And that. I, like, I like to switch it up, but uh, yeah. it looks like here in the near, very near future, we are going to stick to the Insanity Max program. And I am very, very nervous it. about that. Oh, my- <laughs> <laughs> Very nervous, but I'll keep you posted on how that goes. But uh, please Shannon, I mean, we'll talk more about you now. All right. I know we've talked about Insanity Max. Instantly. No, it's good. So let's talk it. about you, where you're at today. And I kind of want to talk about how you got there too, because I think that's, what's going to make you very relatable. And then we're going to dive into some more details as far as fitness and nutrition goes. So please take it away.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, like I mentioned, I had gone to school for exercise science. Fitness has always been my love and my passion. And, um, you know, I'm in a place now where I'm I'm a personal trainer and I'm a holistic health coach and I really focus and specialize in supporting women with sustainable weight loss, helping them lose weight and keep it off without restricting foods. And growing up, you know, I was an athlete, I played soccer, I ran track, I sail, you know, I I do all of these things. And so fitness came really naturally to me, but nutrition was always where I struggled. And I was so confused, just like, you know, maybe yourself or other people on what foods were best and, you Mm -hmm. know, starting and stopping these diets and falling off track. And then it was after Insanity Max 30 that I tore my ACL. Um, And I was so scared that I was going to gain weight because I couldn't exercise for the first time. And that's when I really found strength training and fell in love with this process of feeling strong rather than just being skinny. And it was through going through that injury and healing from it that I ended up hiring a mentor to help me heal my relationship with food. And I learned the value of what does proper nutrition look like? And how do you feel your body in a way that's balanced and free? And so Now I help women create a sustainable lifestyle transformation by learning how to eat and exercise for their body and their goals so that they can cut through all of this misinformation online and really just feel strong and confident and empowered in their skin.
0: What did you learn from your mentor that kind of sticks for you today? Is there like a top one, two, or three things?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. First and foremost, it was how deeply restriction plays our role and our ability to be consistent. Because a lot of times we're doing these diets and they all use some form of restriction, right? Keto cuts out carbs. Um, in the beach body world, if you're counting containers, you're you're using portion control. Um, intermittent fasting is you know, skipping a meal throughout the day or reducing the time frame that you're eating. And for me, after insanity max 30, I was struggling so heavy in this restrict binge cycle because I was coming from this place where I had to restrict my food so diligently to make sure I didn't, I didn't go over my macros. I didn't eat anything off plan because I had this timeline to get in shape by this event on this day to look this way. Um and I would be really good on my diet Monday through Friday. And then the weekend would come and it would just be this giant free for all because I was white knuckling my way through, just following this plan. And yet I was battling like being so hungry and so tired and so weak. And so I found myself really struck in this cycle for honestly years. And so I reached out to this mentor and I learned how much that restriction played a role. And if we just stop restricting and we allow ourselves to eat anything we want with, you know, with, meaning and with reason and understanding how to fuel our body it takes away this feeling of deprivation it takes away this feeling of scarcity i mean if i say to you don't eat donuts and you can't have donuts for the rest of your life what's the one thing you're going to want more than anything you're going to want donuts if i say you can't have carbs what's the every single time you're at a birthday party or a family gathering you're going to look at that carb and think i would love to have that but i can't have that and it creates such a negative connotation with food mm-hmm. and so it was really learning how to release restriction in my diet, learn how to actually eat enough for my body and for my goals and learn how to create freedom with food where I can, I can eat a donut the same way I'm going to go eat, you know, some kind of healthy salad for me they both carry the same exact weight anymore versus looking at that and being like, well, that's a bad food. I shouldn't eat that. If I eat that, that's going to make me gain weight and really building this healthy relationship with food, which is oftentimes missing with diets and, and these fitness programs. They're not touching on that, which is why we struggle so much with consistency.
0: Okay. I mean, yeah, this is uh, speaking loud and clear to me. Um, yeah. I I'm kind of like somewhere in between where you were and probably where you are. Um, yeah, So last year, I get my eyes open up quite a bit. I've talked about this a few times in my episodes. Um, I was working with a a health and nutrition coach that was supplied by the place I was working at. Uh, She's great. And, you know, she was, I I just, I was working out so hard and I thought I was eating well. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I feel like I'm not hitting peak performance. I'm not like looking how I want. I'm not quite feeling how I want. I work out really hard for, for average results. And I'm like, what's going on here. And, uh, so she had me, um, download the MyFitnessPal app and she was like, just eat normally for two to three weeks, eat normal, track everything. And we're going to look at it. And we Mm -hmm. were looking at stuff and it's like, I was eating like, you know, I just kept hearing like almonds are like amazing to eat Well, I was snacking on almonds all the time, not realizing all this extra fat and calories. I was just taking for like no reason. My portions right. were terrible. I was snacking throughout the day, which is terrible. Um, so there's a lot of things that like my eyes just completely opened up. I was just like, wow, I've been like sabotaging myself for so long now, not realizing, cause yeah. I'm thinking I'm just eating a bunch of healthy foods and yeah, in moderation it's healthy, but, uh, Yeah, and so now I don't know. I kind of go back and forth with somewhat of a a restriction. You know, I have goals. I have you know um, a way I want to feel. I I, I want to maintain a look and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I do I do find myself restricting personally often. Um, I've gotten way better with that because um, you know everybody hears. I want to talk to you about this momentarily. Is like, oh, just lower your carbs, and then like you have carbs, fat, and protein and everything. So for the longest time, I was lowering my carbs. And, you know, so I was doing these workouts for at least 69 minutes a day on top of walking my, I have Huskies and I'm going for four to five to six miles a day on walking too. Oh wow! And, uh, so I was having conversations with my fiance and my nutrition coach about like, you need to eat more carbs because you are literally going to burn that right off. And here I am Mm -hmm. restricting myself. So I'm tired and all that stuff. So. As much as I thought I knew, I didn't know. And so what you're saying is really kind of making sense. So, yeah. yeah. What are your thoughts on all of that? I'm curious.
1: We make nutrition so complex. Hmm. Like that's that's literally what I do is just help simplify it. Think about, I mean, nutrition is about food and food is fuel, but there's also emotionality to it, right? Like if you go to the holidays and your um, family has like this famous apple pie recipe, the, the calories don't matter. You're eating it because it elicits a feeling and joy and it feels indulgent and connection. That's how we connect as human beings. So it's not enough to say food is just fuel because it's not, there's emotionality to it, but it is fuel to provide gas in our tank for us to function and thrive as human beings in our daily life. And what frustrates me the most is that all that you know, individuals are being, told in the industry is just eat less and exercise more eat less and exercise more but like you were talking about here you are your energy output of what you're doing throughout the day you're walking for four to five miles you're exercising for 60 to 90 minutes Mm -hmm. and if you don't have the gas in the tank there's no way you are driving the ability to put out that type of output with intention, then your recovery is being compromised, right? Then you're probably finishing those workouts and you're starving. And what the industry will tell you to do is don't eat, have willpower, have self-control, don't even touch it. And now you're battling your physiology and people don't understand when you just eat the amount that you need to eat to fuel the amount of activity you do on a daily basis, it gets to be simple. You get to feel full every single day. You get to have high energy. You get to sleep great. You get to build muscle. You get to feel and look the way that you want to feel versus constantly being at this battle of eat less And exercise more, which are completely opposite ends of the spectrum. You're trying to do more with less gas in the tank. Like, can we just step back and realize that that doesn't make sense? Mm -hmm. And it's so confusing for individuals.
0: See, I know you mentioned that you do a lot of work with with women, which you do. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, a lot of what you talk about and what you preach it relates to everybody across
1: the board. It really
0: does. And so, uh, one thing I'm kind of struggling now is how you just said, you know, you fuel with food. And I believe that I fully believe that your body's kind of a machine, and you are kind of what you put into it. But then I kind of struggle with I might go overboard as far as putting too much clean fuel into me and not enjoying like, may perhaps some things that you would say, like a donut or chips, or what a Super Bowl is coming up. So I say like chicken wings and You know, (laughs) uh chips and guac and all that kind of stuff. So, like great stuff. I I I struggle with like what's a good balance because there becomes a point where it's like, okay, you're going overboard with this crap, but then Mm -hmm. it also becomes a point where it's like you don't want to be so restrictive, you're not enjoying life and all these moments and stuff too. So how do you cope with that?
1: So could we pause and understand that eating clean is a form of restriction too, first and foremost? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times when you come from this health and fitness space, you are so scared at the same time of not only going over your calories, but eating something that has been labeled as bad or unhealthy. The only reason we look at a donut differently than we look at, I don't know, um what like that's what comes to mind, like a salad, terrible examples, but is because one has been labeled as bad and unhealthy and one has been labeled as clean and healthy. Mm-hmm. And so Eating clean and forcing yourself to deprive yourself of foods that you love, even if they are less than healthy, is still a form of restriction. And so the easiest way, and I always say this too, restriction will never be sustainable. As much as eating clean might feel great and might drive the results, well, what happens three weeks down the road when you're at the Super Bowl event and you want to have the chicken wings? You eat way more than you ever would have intended to if you just allowed yourself to have chicken wings on a regular basis and not stress about it. Mm-hmm. Right. So we can't just think about like, what happens if I don't eat this? Well, what's the repercussions. If I restrict this from my diet, you end up overindulging and then when you restrict to get back on track. It's this really vicious cycle. So when it comes to having balance, a really great place to start is just, you know, some people talk about the 80, 20 rule with 80% clean foods and 20%, you know, less clean foods. I take it from the approach of let's start with just fueling your body really well on a regular basis. Are you eating three to four meals a day? Are you balancing your meals with a protein, a veggie, a carb, and a fat so that you get to feel full? Because we can't make any nutritional decisions if we are constantly at the whim of our willpower and constantly at the whim of our cravings. So if we just take it from the foundation of, am I eating consistently? Am I eating whole, unprocessed foods the majority of the time? Am I building balanced meals with a protein, veggie, carb, and fat? Now it opens up the door for us to have the conversation of what does balance look like for me? Mm. For me personally, I really enjoy eating healthy, you know, so I don't really ever crave something like you put a donut in front of me. I'm not really going to have it because it just doesn't make me feel good afterwards. It might look enticing, but I know if I eat that, I'm probably going to feel like garbage for the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. If you're just starting out, maybe it's choosing one to two foods that you want to intentionally incorporate into your diet. And I don't mean saying. Two cheat meals or two cheat snacks. I mean, your healthy diet includes having the chips and guac on a Thursday night. Your healthy diet includes having the ice cream on a random Tuesday, not just on Saturday, because you've been told that the only time you can have those fun foods is on the weekend. Looking at your week as a whole, Monday through Friday, 365 days a year, how can we intentionally bring those off limit foods back into your diet and eat them the same way that you would your normal healthy breakfast? And starting to have the conversation that's like, once we've had those, those one to three meals and it varies, right? If you are in a season where you're focusing on fat loss, maybe we want to keep it one to two. If you're a season where you're focusing on maintenance and you're eating more, you know, maybe it's two to three, like it's, it's really varying enough to you. But once we have that foundation of creating that balance and I call them intentional indulgences, like I'm genuine, I'm intentionally putting this into my diet to expose myself to foods that maybe previously made me uncomfortable. And I'm giving myself permission to eat it guilt-free. Once you have that balance, now we can shift into a little bit more of a mindful eating approach and just open the conversation around our food. Where if you're at the Super Bowl party, let's say, and the chicken wings are in front of you and the chips and salsa are in front of you, pausing and stepping back and saying, Do I genuinely want to eat it because I want to eat it? Or am I just tempted to eat it because it's in front of me right now? And if it was any other day of the week, I actually wouldn't really want it. But because it's in front of me, suddenly I want to eat it. And we have to start having this conversation because otherwise, anywhere you go, any situation you're in, you're going to let that environment dictate how you eat versus, hold up, this is my diet and I want to eat to feel good. And maybe today that means I'm going to choose the chicken wings. And maybe today that means I'm not. And once you can take back control, you can handle any situation with ease versus your diet telling you how to eat.
0: Yeah, it all makes a lot of sense. I want to throw another wrench into that too. I think it's it's <laughs> uh, it's underrated, honestly, is the fact that let's say you're you're in a good spot, you're feeling good um mm-hmm. you know the holidays are coming up which they just passed but uh yeah. you know you're you're doing well and uh, you don't really want that piece of pie you don't really want that cake but you've got the family around you saying oh come on like you're 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 fine you can you Edge can do it right yeah i yeah. mean i don't know i don't know how you want to react to that, but what are your thoughts on that? When you get the external pressure being like, don't worry about it. You're fine. But you're, you actually legit don't want it, which happens to me occasionally. Sometimes what are your thoughts?
1: You have to remember that you are the only person who lives with your nutritional decisions. You are the person who walks home after that party and either leaves feeling good because you honored what you wanted, or you leave feeling gross and disgusting because you are more concerned about making them feel comfortable. And it's a little bit uncomfortable. I'll admit to be like, thank you so much. But you know, I really don't want it. And it takes practice and it takes stepping up for yourself and being open to have that conversation. But it's like a, it's a 30 second zing of you feeling a little bit uncomfortable versus hours or maybe days undoing quote, the damage dieting mentality coming in strong, the damage of choosing to have that just because somebody else wanted you to. And it's really easy to do it in a polite manner. Like, you know, thank you so much. That looks delicious. Can I take some home? I'm just really full already. Mm-hmm. You know what? You know, like I would love to, but I'm stuffed right now. Maybe later, save me a piece. I'll come back to it. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. And I think when we can start to step into our power and feel confident that you are the only person who has to live with that choice, you know, what you choose to eat doesn't impact anyone else's experience. Like, yeah, they probably wanted you to enjoy it, but if they don't, they're not going to take it personally. But there is the conversation of some people express their love via food, right? Like if someone's grieving the loss of a family member, you show love and support by food, Mm -hmm. but it's important to honor your hunger cues. Are you hungry? Are you full? Do you want it? Do you not? And you can love and respect them without, you know, foregoing feeling good in your body.
0: That's a great response. And um, part of me just wishes like, you know, that was more encouraged than discouraged. Like, I have a pretty good willpower and there's a lot of times there's just like, you know what? I ate a huge meal. I actually don't really need that. That's, uh, it's not that they're really appetizing anyways. And so when you get made fun of for it, instead of like, good for you, that's a really good choice. Yeah. You just made a really good choice. Yeah. I, I, I just, I hate the fact that some things are like that instead of like applauding you for it. It's like, you got to yeah. fight, you got to fight to be healthier. I, it doesn't yeah, make It's sense.
1: like, it makes me sad that being healthy is looked at has like rare, like you're doing something wrong. If you decide to take care of your health and eating unhealthy is almost normalized more than eating something mm-hmm. that's nourishing. Mm-hmm. It it's crazy. I mean, hopefully the dynamic is starting to change, but that's the case that we're in right now.
0: Do you think it's starting to change? I, I don't notice that at all. Maybe you do.
1: I'd hope so. I mean, I'd like to think, with like the women I work with, it's like there's a ripple effect. That's right. Well, then it changes in their family. Then it changes with their friends and the conversations. And with these companies and with the fitness movement becoming bigger, I hope so. And I hope it just continues and it only gets bigger and better. But you have to start with yourself and be okay if for a little bit of time you feel like you're swimming upstream. I hope that you take pride in taking care of your health.
0: That's my goal. I definitely do. I love it. Like, um, you know, I'm, I'm starting to actually take some like supplements now of looking at like longevity and stuff like that. I want to be as healthy as long as possible. Like right? I'm yeah. turning 40 <laughs> this year and like the things I can still do and I'm still super active. I feel as good yeah. as I did 10 years ago, as far as I know. Yeah, so that's, amazing. that's, it is super important to me. Um, okay. So I want to kind of dive in a little more, as I mentioned into like yeah. protein versus fats, versus carbs, and maybe percent, yeah. perhaps some ratios and how to figure this out. So for someone, I know a lot of people aren't as active as I am, but for someone who is pretty active, they get yep. a few good workouts in a week, they go walk their dogs occasionally and stuff like that. But we want to look good and feel good. Like, sure. What do we do here as far as like proteins, fats, and carbs? Because we've heard so, so many different messaging over the years.
1: Yeah, so I'm going to probably give the answer that is the least helpful and say that it depends. how much you need to eat specifically for your body and for your goals is gonna depend on the individual, right? Your activity level, your body composition, your age, your height, your weight, um, whether you're sedentary for most of the day, et cetera. But the easiest way, if we were to hit two boxes is one, making sure that you're eating enough for your body and your activity level. And there's different ways to figure that out. And I wanted to make sure that I gave, you know, you and the listeners today an easy way to do that because there's Mm. so many like calculators online. The one that I trust and that I recommend to individuals is the precision nutrition calculator. You can just Google it, you know, precision nutrition calculator, um, and plug in your stats. The only caveat I will say is you have to click the version that says improve health. Don't focus it on weight loss. Don't focus it on muscle gain. Don't focus on anything. You're just clicking the one that says improve health, um, and use all of the other standard moderate markers. And that will give you about an estimated ratio of how much you should be eating overall. Now understand that when it comes to macro calculators, it's a calculator, right? Like It doesn't take your personal stats into consideration, but this is the one that I found tends to be somewhat of the closest if we're gonna do one, this is the one that we do. Another one is, um, it's called tdee.com, I believe. That's another one, but this one is pretty user-friendly. And so first and foremost, you wanna just make sure that you're eating enough, right? We wanna have fuel in the tank to focus on, or, provide energy for the activity that we're doing in our daily life. The second thing though, this is where we talk about the macros is ensuring that we're getting an appropriate breakdown of all of it. You know, so first and foremost, when you are building a meal, are you getting a protein, a veggie and a carb and a fat? Simple as that. That's going to stabilize your hunger. It's going to stabilize your energy. It's going to stabilize your cravings. So it makes Real the quick, biggest what, difference. What yep. do you
0: consider a meal? Is this dinner? Is this breakfast, lunch, dinner, lunch, dinner? Yep. Like what do you consider a meal?
1: Yeah. Like three meals a day. We make it so complex. So just breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Can I get a protein, a veggie, a carbon, a fat on my plate? Okay. Simple as that. And the reason we want to do that, like I mentioned, is stabilizing energy, stabilizing hunger, helping us feel full. And the, the reason we want to have those macro breakdowns and incorporate all those macro nutrients is because Ensuring you're getting the balance of all of them means that we're going to have the carbs and, you know, the fat and the protein for the energy, we're going to have the protein to support the lean muscle mass, we're going to have the healthy fats to support thyroid hormone health, you know, all of those vitamins and mineral absorption, we're going to have the carbs to support the energy and performance and recovery. And if we take any one of those away, body composition changes are going to start to happen. So it's not just about eating enough. It's also, are we eating an appropriate balance of all of the macronutrients to have the energy and to also support health at the end of the day?
0: Okay. Um, For all the listeners who are listening to this and are like, well, what does Shannon eat? Um, honestly, like I, we know you're probably more active than the normal person, but, uh, can you walk me through like somewhat of like a normal day of like, you know, what your breakfast yeah. looks like, what your lunch would look like and an ideal day for you?
1: Yeah. Honestly, my, my nutrition is pretty boring. <laughs> I wake up and I have a smoothie for breakfast. I'll throw in what do I have like a little plant-based protein powder with, um, some blueberries and spinach and avocado some water. And I just blend that up and I have a set of oatmeal, right? So I'm getting my protein, my veggie, my carb, my fat, and then I'll go to the gym and I'll do my workout. And then, um, I come home and I sometimes have a banana or some kind of fruit just to hold me over until lunch. And then lunch is pretty simple. I usually just have some kind of leftover from dinner, whether it be like ground Turkey or chicken with some kind of Um, vegetable and I drizzle it with olive oil. I'm I'm so busy throughout the day that I just like whatever I can grab as leftovers and just toss it on and throw some salt on it and be good to go. And then dinner, I keep it pretty standard too. It's all have some kind of protein, veggie, carbon fat. So whether that be, um, I don't know, like a turkey burger with a bun and a side of veggies and rice, or um, I've been loving plant-based pasta, like lentil pasta, and I'll just Mm -hmm. throw like turkey on it with some um like a vegetable and I'll just throw some sauce on it and mix it together. My meals are so boring and simple, but it just it makes it like I don't have to focus on it and think about it. It's just, I don't know, nutrition feels really easy for me these days, which I couldn't have said a couple years ago.
0: What's your favorite veggie?
1: Um favorite veggie? Uh I I feel like I go through seasons right now on a very um, frozen peas and carrots kick. Okay, <laughs> I love green beans. Um, but that's like, I tend to make a lot of frozen veggies cause it's super quick and easy, it's but easy. if I'm going to yeah. spend the time I'll like roast some broccoli or roast some zucchini or, or grill it if I can in the summertime, that's the easy way to make veggies really delicious.
0: So I have my fiance moving in, in about a month or so. And I'm someone who's just like, I yeah. yeah, just put the freaking frozen thing in the microwave. I'll just, <laughs> I'll eat it in five minutes. I'm good to go. She yeah. is a hell of a cook and she's going to cook uh, everything from like scratch oh, awesome. and get the fresh produce and stuff like that, yeah. which is great. I'll reap the benefits, but sometimes just like, I want to be done in five minutes. I don't have Same. 20, 30 minutes. And so, yeah, I that's, go to
1: school for cooking. <laughs>
0: that's going to be, um, an interesting, uh, way to see how that goes over the next yeah. uh, few months to years. But, um, no, that's, that's really good. And, um, Yeah, I know one of the main reasons I really wanted to get you on here, especially early in the year, was so many people make New Year's resolutions. And we're now in the beginning of February, and there's probably at least half, if not more. I don't know if the numbers are, that have kind of given up. They've gotten frustrated and they're just not hitting their goals. I would love to hear like the message that you would send to those people about the people who created a new year's resolution to like lose weight, to get stronger, Mm -hmm. to finally get the body that they wanted, that just are struggling to keep it going? What would you say to them?
1: First, you need to know that if you have given up or you have struggled, it's okay. That your ability to be successful doesn't mean that you ever had to be perfect. And I think a lot of times when it comes to new year's, I picture it like this horse race where we just were in that starting gate and we put so much pressure on this one moment. It's like, we don't really care about what happens in December because the holidays are like, I just want to enjoy myself and I'm going to eat whatever I want, but come January 1st. Oh, I'm pulling it together. And you got your stuff from the grocery store and you binge all the food you're not gonna allow yourself to eat because like your last supper mentality in it. And you're like, you got your diet plan on lockdown. You got your fitness program on lockdown. And you're like, okay, whatever January 1st, hold up. No, whatever that first Monday of January is, because you know, if that January 1st falls on a Saturday, you know, there's no way you're showing up. You know, whatever that first Monday is, when that gun goes off and that gate opens, you are sprinting you are sprinting out of the gate as fast as possible to reach your goal and now we're four to five weeks in it's beginning to middle of february and you're tired and that motivation that initially that you initially had when the new year started is long gone and you have been hit with the reality that life is busy and you have other things pulling your attention right Kids schedule, sports schedule with a backup in full swing. You got work deadlines you're handling. You got, you know, social life you're trying to navigate. You're trying to keep the house clean and get your laundry done. And you realize that it's a lot to juggle, especially when it comes to New Year's and you change everything about your routine on that first day, your workout routine, what time you wake up, the foods that you eat, your, your, you know, your grocery shopping, what you shop for, how you cook everything. And so instead of beating yourself up for struggling and having an imperfect day, we get to shift the conversation into, what do you need to do to stay consistent? Because let's normalize having a day where you miss a workout. Let's normalize having a day where you choose the donut or the chicken wings instead of, you know, the healthier meal. Let's normalize having a day where you're sick and you can't work out or life was just too crazy. And despite the best intent, you just you didn't check off the box of your plan that day, And just focus on what do I need to do to stay the course? Because I don't care that it's been four to five weeks. I care that come the end of this year, and the beginning of 2023 and 2024, you are still in it. This is the healthy lifestyle we're talking about. Four to five weeks is a blip, right? In the grand scheme of things. So what do you need to do In order to stay in the process and in the journey, what's realistic for you? Is it instead of expecting yourself to work out five days a week, it's only going twice? Is it instead of expecting yourself to change, to follow some massively restrictive diet, it's just getting a protein and a veggie on your plate? Is it just having breakfast right now? Can we make it so simple that it's really easy for you to be consistent? Mm -hmm. Because we know at the end of the day, consistency is the name of the game. And if you can, Be consistent at getting to the gym twice a week or pushing play twice a week versus expecting yourself to go five days a week and then burning out five weeks in. I promise you, you will make more progress. So, this is your permission if you need to, to pull back on what you're expecting of yourself. What's realistic for me in this season? Because the last thing we want you to do is quit and give up because you burned yourself out. And we know that that's not going to get you anywhere. So, if we're focusing on building this healthy lifestyle for yourself, well, what's the easiest place for you to start? And then how can we put accountability in place to show up even when it feels really hard?
0: So it sounds like small steps and perhaps small yeah. victories. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause uh, you know, they always say like, you know, consistent change happens like gradually, not just mm-hmm. like at a switch of a dime or whatever, but uh, yeah. So what are your thoughts on small victories? Um, how do you celebrate small victories? Or how do you tell your clients to do that?
1: Yeah. So there's, there's two things that come to mind right out of the gate. The first is that this all comes down to trust. I work with a lot of women who have come from this place of trying everything to lose the weight and they feel like they failed every single thing. And so they're coming in to these goals or maybe these new year's resolutions or whatever it looks like, whatever time of the year. And they're just, they have this deep belief. Like, I don't even think I'm capable anymore. Like I have failed every single thing. I have no evidence and no proof that I could even trust myself to show up when I set this goal for myself. And so the reason it's so important to make these wins so small and simple, so that you can start to build that trust that you can actually do this. If I expect myself to work out five days a week and then I I'm good for two weeks and then I don't work out for one week, of course I'm going to believe that I failed. But if I say okay, I can handle two, and I only focus on going to the gym twice, well then after that first week I'm be like okay. I did that. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to do it the next week. And I'm like, oh, all right. Okay. And now I'm going to start to build momentum. And it's through that momentum and keeping that promise to myself that I'm going to build that confidence that I can do this. So we have to keep it small so you can start to rebuild that trust that you are more than capable. And the second part is, is we have to start looking for the wins because we have been trained to look for all the ways that we don't think we're showing up enough. You know, you can, you could choose really nourishing meals for three out of your for two out of your three meals. And then you get home that one night and you have ice cream and you're like, oh my gosh, the entire day is ruined. No, it was just one choice. It doesn't negate the other 5,000 really healthy choices that you've made this year. So we have to start to train our eye to look for the way that we are showing up versus the way that we're not. And this is something I tell my clients to do. It's every single day at the end of the day, can you just comment or write down or acknowledge two things of you're really proud of yourself for? Like, hey, I'm really proud of myself for showing up to the gym, even when I didn't feel like it. Hey, I'm really proud of myself for allowing myself to have the donut and not feeling guilty about it. Hey, I'm really proud of myself for just showing up for myself and getting to bed early, even when I wanted to stay up late and watch that third episode of Netflix. And when we can start to train our eye to see it, it's so much easier for us to feel like, okay, all right, I I am doing this. I can do this versus constantly beating ourselves down of, oh, and here's another way that I failed and up here's another way that I didn't show up for myself. And it's changing that outlook helps us stay in the game.
0: There is a few things I want to hit on base for that answer. And one of them is something I can relate to. I'm always going to throw myself in the mix and throw myself. But uh, yeah, so something that I kind of touched on earlier that sometimes I struggle to cheat because I am Mm -hmm. so progress driven. Interesting. Um, Yeah. I would love your feedback on that because it's like, okay, I set a goal. I have a goal in mind. This over here is not going to help me get there. Stay on track. Yeah. What? So basically you've, you've got a really good relationship with food and nutrition right now Mm -hmm. where you're allowing yourself to kind of eat that meal or cheap meal or whatever you want to call it. Whereas there's definitely times where it's like, I allow myself to do that. And there's times it's like, Nope. I am laser focused on what I want to achieve. I'm not going to Olympics or anything. I know that I'm not really training. (laughs) I'm not training for a competition or nothing, but uh, I, I do struggle on occasion because I want to see results. And I feel like that's going to set me backwards. The last thing I want to do is go backwards. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the people who think like that?
1: So my question for you would be, is why do you think it's going to set you backwards?
0: Um, I mean, let's just say I can easily make uh, a plate of salmon and salad and a sweet potato. Love it. Sure. I love that. Or I can have three pieces of pizza, the chicken wings and like a Diet Coke. Yeah. I don't do this all the time. It's, in my mind, it's like, well, there's clearly one meal here <laughs> that would do better for me. There's, yeah. I would enjoy both of them. Um, there is a meal that I would be like, Hmm, those, those pieces of pizza and, you know, those, look those great. things look freaking good. <laughs> it's been a long time. I haven't had yeah. that in a while, but I can eat the salmon and be very happy with that. Sure. So there's a lot of times there's like, it's not like I'm not choosing between nothing and, you know, a, a pizza meal or whatever. It's a yeah. delicious, healthy meal. That's, you know, simple or right. versus like the cheap meal that everyone really wants. So that's when I kind of like, I, I, I always go to the way of like salmon and salad and sweet potatoes and stuff like that. So I struggle. I struggle sometimes to be like, I'm just going to have the piece and the wings and I screw it. Yeah. I don't care because to me, it's like, like I said, the progress thing. I am so driven on yeah. progress. So hopefully that helps. So
1: right there though, the fact that you said the screw it, I don't care. That's yeah. what we refer to as the dieting mentality. Mm. I don't care that you chose the healthier meal, but what's the byproduct of forcing yourself to be so progress driven that you never allow yourself to eat the stuff that you also want. Mm -hmm. Is it that when you finally get in the situation and say, okay, I am going to have the pizza, you end up having exaggeration, like five slices instead of just one. And I do that. (laughs) It's terrible. But that's that restrict binging that we were talking about. Even if it's well-intended, it's, it's only a setback in this instance. And I, I use that loosely. It's only a setback because it's very all or nothing, I'm either on or I'm off and I'm eating everything that I wasn't allowing myself to have. Hmm. And then we see the scale go up because instead of just consuming one slice of pizza, you're consuming thousands and thousands of calories. And you're like, crap, I gotta get back on track hmm. versus just making progress. And then like incorporating a slice of pizza and keep moving on. You're still making progress but it's not going to be so all or nothing when you just allow yourself to incorporate those foods in moderation on a regular basis. Mm. The other thing I would say is it's, there's no right or wrong, but what does success look like for you? Mm -hmm. You know, does success look like incorporating those foods or does success in this season? And this can vary and change that, Hey, between January and March, I am all in and I am really honing in and focusing on this one goal because I have this deadline that I'm trying to hit, which is Mm -hmm. perfectly fine too. Mm -hmm. So it's, what's the season I'm in? What does success look like for me? And is being so goal oriented and and results driven impacting me negatively in any other ways. And there's really no right or wrong. It's just personal preference.
0: Okay. And what are your thoughts on the mindset of, uh, okay, I'm going to have three pieces of pizza and I'm going to have that meal. I'm going to have that meal. So earlier today, I'm going to work out for another 30 minutes to 60 minutes to offset that. Is that negative or is that like a positive way to think?
1: Um, Honestly, it's negative. (laughs) Why do you need to offset it? Right? Can't you just have that food and genuinely enjoy it, and just keep moving on? Because we get so stuck in like this calories in, calories out approach. Like, if I'm going to eat this food and it's so high calories, then I need to work out X amount of minutes and burn X amount of calories to make up for it. It's like the body doesn't work like that. Mm. You burn a natural amount of calories on a regular basis every single day, whether you sit on the couch or you go run a marathon, I mean, they'll differ and, you know, differentiate, but you're still going to burn calories. And it's really saying, okay, am I choosing to eat this? Cause I want it. And if so, I'm choosing to eat it and I'm not going to have guilt or do I feel like I have to make up for it or earn it or I deserve it in any single way. And having those conversations, the awareness, you know, it's because what happens after you eat the pizza, right? You're going to burn the calories in the beginning to to earn it and deserve it later. You're going to eat the pizza and then you're probably going to go into the gym the next day and do more cardio to burn it off. It just creates this really negative and toxic cycle.
0: Mm. I guess there's. You also have to be careful though, because you don't want to be the person that just allows you to eat pizza every day and every day. Right. That's when the cycle goes downwards, right?
1: Yeah, for sure. And, and that's when you, you know, that's where health starts to deteriorate. If you're not actually prioritizing your health and you're not prioritizing proper nutrition. And that's really what we're talking about at the end of the day, like weight loss aside, muscle building aside, physique goals aside, it's, can we just take care of your health? Can we just make this really simple and that we want you to feel your best. And then when we're focusing on living this healthy lifestyle and feeling our best, then we can take what we're doing in our nutrition and fitness and tweak it to drive towards that goal. But we're always rooted in I show up for myself and I take care of my health and I take care of my needs on a daily basis versus I'm following this diet and I'm following this fitness program for this outcome specifically.
0: This is awesome. Yeah, this is good. This you. is really making me. Feel- <laughs> um, that's my goal. I have two questions in my head. I don't know which one i to ask first, but um, I'm going to ask, first of all, like the questions I'm asking can't be abnormal, yeah. right? You probably hear this constantly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which is great because now the conversation is starting to change, mm-hmm. right? You, you hearing this, you get to start thinking about this differently. And that's my whole purpose. I just want individuals to start thinking about this differently, that it gets to be simple. It gets to feel natural. You get to feel really good and look really good in the process. Like, wow, really I do. I don't have to be exhausted and depleted all the time. I'll take that.
0: (laughs) And I want to confirm that you practice what you preach because there are people that probably look at you and say, this girl is freaking crazy in shape. She looks (laughs) amazing. Uh, Does she really do this or is she just drinking protein shakes, eating salads and salmon every day?
1: Yeah. The fact that you're asking that question is great because a lot of times individuals don't, especially on social media and Instagram, you just scroll through all of these influencers and you're like, oh, I want to, I want to have a body like her. She looks fantastic. And you don't see what's going on behind the scenes that she's actually doing hours and hours and hours of cardio. You know, and she she barely eats, and her hormones are in the tank. I practice what I preach because I've been on the other side of it. Hmm. And I I'm busy, right? Like I don't have time to be obsessed over food. I don't have time to spend hours in the gym. I work out four days a week. I eat really whole, nutrient dense foods. I eat four meals a day. I get enough sleep, and I drink my water. Sometimes (laughs) I could be better on the waterfront.
0: So, how much does your upbringing, being athletic and always into fitness, help you kind of? cheat occasionally help you only work out four times a week and compared to people who are like starting from a worse place, I guess you can say someone who wasn't athletic growing up and someone who is overweight. How much do you think that plays a role in you being able to kind of eat and and kind of cheat, quote unquote, cheat the way you do?
1: I know, it's a really interesting question. I'm not sure from like, um, a weight loss or weight maintenance perspective, it plays a role because the muscle mass I had back then, or say the muscle mass I had during max 30 is different than the muscle mass I have now. And we're talking like style of muscle and the style of training. So I'm not sure if it necessarily correlates, and maybe there's some research on this that I'm not aware of to the efficiency of my body now, as much as from a mental perspective, yeah, I love working out because I have that inner athlete in me to where like fitness is fun. Mm-hmm. But for the person who doesn't necessarily have that inner athlete and that drive, exercise probably feels like a chore. It feels like, Ugh, I got to get off the couch. I, gotta, I would rather watch Netflix. i like, I don't know, eat a whole bag of popcorn right now. Mm-hmm. And so sure, athletes probably have an advantage because fitness is this way to tap into a part of themselves that people who didn't necessarily grow up as athletes probably aren't as attuned to, but I firmly believe that everybody is an athlete and everybody can be an athlete. And so if you're just starting out, rather than looking at it as this thing that I have to do, or if I want to lose weight, I have to do cardio or I have to run. It's, well, well, actually what just gets you moving today? What feels really fun? Did you enjoy playing basketball when you were a kid? Did you enjoy dancing around your living room? Did you enjoy, I don't know, any type of movement? And then how can we take that and just help you get active and fall in love with moving your body and taking care of yourself and then shift it into adding in the type of exercise that's going to drive the results that you're looking to achieve. So from a metabolic perspective or like a physiological level, maybe it plays a role, but I'm also, I mean, that's, you know, years ago. So I'm not sure how much of it plays a role as much as I just really value my health because I've always valued my health. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe for people who didn't necessarily take it as seriously or value it as much when they were younger because they didn't have that athletic background. Well, you can also learn to do that now. And once you feel how amazing you'll feel like it, it'll become natural for you too. you can learn to love it.
0: So I want to talk about uh, metabolism and yeah. I have uh getting toned on one of my next questions, but real quick, I want yeah. to ask you, here's another random question. Guilty pleasure. It. What is your biggest guilty pleasure?
1: Like food wise. Mm-hmm. Um. I would say guiltless pleasure. Cause I don't really feel guilty for eating. Okay. But gonna, all right. All right. <laughs> there's that really stupid food feedback coming in. Um, uh, but if I'm going to like go out and enjoy like an indulgent beer, I'm going to get like a burger and some sweet potato fries and like have a beer.
0: Sweet potato fries are the best. I love it's them. Really, you can't beat them. Love my sweet potato. <laughs> all right. So one thing I scroll through your Instagram account, which I recommend everybody do, I'll yeah. put the link in the show notes and we'll let you Thank pop you. all your stuff um, at the end of this. But, um, I loved how I wrote this. I want to make sure I get this right. So I have, let's talk about getting toned. And so basically you do a lot of preaching on like weightlifting and building muscle, Mm -hmm. whereas myself and many others think of like high intensity training, like an insanity, like a Peloton or constantly running. So when people say, I want to get toned, I want to get shredded. Like I just, I I don't necessarily know what I'm asking here, but I want you to dive into the differences and what people think and how they might be doing it wrong.
1: Right. So everyone, the tone is like a buzzword, right? Everyone wants to get tone. They want to tone their muscles, but what toning actually means and having a physique that is toned, it means you have muscle definition on your frame and minimal body fat. That's how you can look like an athlete. I think when we can picture it, like, look like an athlete kind of looks, then it makes it conceptually visible for us Mm -hmm. versus, um, toning. It's like, well, well, how do you tone? Toning is really just about building muscle. And a lot of times we opt for like cardio or HIIT training or these Peloton classes, because we believe that if we just lose the weight, then we will get toned or Mm -hmm. these workouts promoted as like, Um, like high intensity interval training classes are promoted as fat burning, like burn fat, build muscle. It's the name of programs, right? Muscle burns fat. It's not the case. (laughs) It doesn't like that doesn't actually work that way. Mm. You're either going to burn fat or you're going to build muscle, right? We're all, it's all about metabolic efficiency. And so if you want to get toned, you have to put muscle on your frame. That's the only way that this works. And cardio doesn't build muscle lifting does. So yes, for one individual who has weight that they want to lose, maybe they need to go through a season of specifically fat loss to burn the fat. But also if you've never spent time intentionally putting muscle on your frame and you're constantly just focusing on cardio to burn, to lose weight and burn fat, then you're going to run into the skinny fat scenario. So you have to go through seasons of burning fat, if you need to burn fat, or specifically building muscle to create that definition. You can't tone a muscle, but you can add muscle to your frame and muscle will have more definition than just weight loss.
0: Okay. No, that makes sense. I remember, um, years ago, this is really kind of stupid. and simple, but I remember years ago, I I would be running and running and running. And, uh, my buddy was like, do you want to look like a sprinter or a marathon runner? And I was (laughs) like, I do want to look like a sprinter. So what I'm doing <laughs> is not working. So yeah. that was, I still remember it was probably over a decade ago. And I still remember yeah. that because it's like, honestly, now a lot of my workouts consist of sprinting on the treadmill with weight training, not necessarily right. running five to 10 miles a day. Like I was doing because
1: yeah.
0: you know, that in my mind was like, well, that's how I get lean and that's how they get abs and all that stuff. And I loved seeing that post because yeah. Um, you know, like the Peloton thing is like huge right now and people are just running, 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 trying to get the body they want. But the more like I'm at the gym and the more like, I, I know more about myself and like seeing your programs and seeing people at the gym, like the physiques that are like most attractive for lack of a better term, are like, you're strong, yeah. you you're are strong. strong. Like that is very yeah. attractive. Um, so yeah, yeah. So the whole skinny the whatever the skinny term that you just use compared to skinny fat yeah skinny fat yeah
1: and it's hard too because there's so much misinformation right if we're if we're thinking about orange theory or classes like that like f45 or peloton they're promoted as getting in the fat burning zone like it's it's there's so much misinformation out there that it makes sense that you might feel confused but if you remember nothing else it's cardio doesn't build muscle lifting does And there's still a lot of fear around if I cut back on cardio and I just focus on weight training, am I going to gain weight because I'm not burning enough because you think it's calories in and calories out. I always take it as, you know, if we're going to build, and this might be off topic, but if we're going to build like your, your workout pyramid, we're starting with the foundation of you being a healthy human. Can we just walk? Can we just walk 30, 60 minutes a day? Can we try and net six to 8,000 steps on a regular basis? Let's just be a healthy human. From there, then can we add in resistance training to four days a week? And then from there, then let's sprinkle in cardio. Let's sprinkle it in. You want to do a HIT class? Cool. Throw it in. You want to do an F45 class? Awesome. You want to go to Orange Theory? Fantastic. You love to run? Let's do it. Versus making the cardio the base of every single thing that you do and then being so scared to not do cardio that you just like only resistance train a couple of times. Mm. Make resistance training the main course, adding cardio as a side dish versus making cardio this the main dish and adding in resistance training at the side dish. And that's how you can still enjoy this routine and drive yourself towards this muscle building and this toned look.
0: Okay. And now there's probably people thinking like this is coming from a girl who did insanity max. I. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So, and I learned
1: it the hard way. What did you I learn? Learned it the hard way. What did you
0: learn? Talk about that.
1: So, when I is like I was touching on earlier, when I finished Insanity Max 30, I got in that shape doing cardio, I got in that shape doing HIIT style training. And for me, from this athletic background, I loved it. You give me burpees, I am the happiest person on the planet. Like the sweat, this, all of it. Like, I love it so much. But what we don't understand is that exercise is a stressor. Exercise is a stressor on the body. And cardio specifically and hip style specifically is the most stressful form of exercise that we can do. And if we think about the metabolism, the metabolism is a stress barometer. it's It's like the thermostat in your house where if the room gets too cold, the heat kicks on. If the room gets too hot, the heat kicks off. Your metabolism is doing the same exact thing with stress. And if you put your body under too much stress, I always think of it like a rubber band. Anytime we're putting our body under stress, we're stretching that rubber band. So if we are under eating, that's stress. We got tension. Now, if we're doing, you know, if we're over exercising, that's stress. That's tension. Now we're doing stressful forms of exercise, cardio specifically. That this rubber band is stretching a lot, and when, when our metabolism in our and our body is under this intense place of stress it tries to tell us this through biofeedback meaning that you know it as you have no willpower you have no energy you have your cravings are through the roof you're ravenous you're depleted at the end of the day but we're just like oh it feels really hard i'm just gonna keep doing what i'm doing until you reach the point where you can't take it anymore and all of that tension whiplashes is back together and you binge eat everything you've been depriving yourself of because you can't take it anymore. And then we go back into this place of stress. Mm-hmm. So it's not so much that cardio is bad or cardio is wrong, but there's a time and a place. Do we have our recovery in place to support doing this style of training, to support our body with a stressful form of exercise? And can we just be aware of the way that exercise plays a role in all of this? In theory, if you did nothing but get your nutrition on lockdown, you will technically lose weight and burn fat. Nutrition is the biggest driver of your results. Your fitness and your exercise is the driver to your body composition changes. We just have to understand the role that it's playing versus I'm going to do this diet and I'm going to do this fitness routine and I'm just going to see at the end of the 90 days if I see results. And I learned it the really hard way because for me, like I was mentioning, after max 30, that was my the pinnacle of where i thought i had to be and maintain i was so shredded i was so lean and i was like if i if i gain any weight this is wrong so i would do double workouts a day i would do three workouts a day just to try and burn enough to maintain this physique but then here I was binge eating because I was starving, binge eating because I wasn't eating enough, completely depleted. My hair was falling out. My gut was a mess. My skin was a mess. And I was like, I don't understand because I thought I was doing everything right. People tell me eat less, exercise more. And now I'm not losing weight. I'm gaining weight. And I was blowing up like a balloon. And I'm like, Som- something isn't right here. There has to be more to the picture. And then it was through tearing my ACL and healing my relationship with food and, and learning more about the physiology physiology and the metabolism all of it that i realized oh my gosh everything the industry is telling us to do is the exact thing that's opposite of working with our body and we get to work with it and we eat to feel strong and we eat to fuel and we exercise intentionally it gets to be easy and we feel really good doing it
0: so i'm going to dive slightly deeper into that yeah. look you know the first thing that just came to my mind is like the industry is telling us, well, you worked for an industry with Beachbody. Yeah. Do they not set you up properly? Do they not kind of train you about this? Or they just kind of was like more focused on like the athleticism of doing insanity and not so much nutrition.
1: So when I, when I worked with Max 30 and, you know, it wasn't necessarily, they were preparing us for anything or promoted anything. We were hired for to do the filming, you know, to train and film for that purpose solely. It was like they were trying to make money, we the cast members of it. We had to get in shape. And, you know, it was our job to nourish ourselves and be in shape enough to perform with these videos. You know, so, so they, they didn't did, give you
0: they didn't give you the nutrition guide and food and all that kind of stuff. Or was that you're right? They your gave own?
1: us they they handed us a sheet, I remember. Um, I think it had like recipes and it followed portion fix at the time before. I don't think portion fix was a thing back then, but it had that kind of concept that some people followed. Me, I went the route of hiring a coach to track macros at the time. Um, so they, they did provide us tools, but they didn't, you know, say this is exactly what you should be doing.
0: Okay. No, I just found that yeah. interesting. We don't have to go further on that. I just want yeah. to know because you work for one of the biggest companies in the industry. So, yeah. and, and I was
1: a coach, you know, myself too, for a long time. And this is This is why I have nothing against Body. I'm the biggest fan of Sean and the work that they do in helping people lead healthier lives. Mm. And from that standpoint, if it gets you off the couch and if it gets you moving and it starts to bring awareness around fueling your body and exercising, fantastic. But why I started to drift away and no longer align with the values is because they perpetuate a lot of this idea that it's calories in versus calories out that you have to sign up for this program and do it perfectly in order to be successful. I was the person who did every single beach body program. I did 21 day fix, I did Brazilian butt lift, I did insanity, I did insanity max 30, I did T25, P90X3, all of it. Over and over and over, and if I missed a day, I had to double up on my workouts the next day, and I would get to the end of the program and I would gain the weight back, and I would be like, "Oh my gosh, it's something wrong with me. I just lack the willpower. I lack the discipline." You know, maybe maybe this will be the program that finally works. And I was program hopping, finally, you know, hopelessly searching for the one that would work for me until I realized that that's not a healthy, sustainable lifestyle. Hmm. Like, there, there, this wasn't clicking, and unfortunately, a lot of you know, there's these coaches out there who aren't qualified in nutrition, you no, know, and they're just promoting, have these cheat meals, have these cheat days, you know, good and bad foods that are contributing to this dilemma that we're facing. We have to have a bigger picture here. And so, you know, I have, I have such respect for the company, but I did steer away. And, you know, I love people who do max 30, but I did steer away and say, like, I, I don't necessarily align with the way that they're approaching certain things, especially on the nutri- nutrition front. Okay.
0: No, yeah. I mean, that. that's good to know. I, I do find that super interesting. Um, we don't have to go deeper into that. Um, getting back to kind of what we were just talking about. I kind of want to link these two things here. Yeah. For somebody that is looking to get that physique and uh, I want to kind of compare training, weight training versus cardio. Is there like a, yeah. a ratio or whatever? And then also at the same time, like days of rest. How do, how do we know when to take those? Like how often you don't want to do too much, but at the same time they are necessary. So I like to link those two things if possible.
1: Yeah. So I think the first question that everyone always asks, or, I mean, when it comes to nutrition, like what's the best diet to lose weight? What's the best diet to build muscle? Or like, what's the best workout program should I do? How many days should I be exercising and doing cardio? And let's just take it from an entirely different perspective and say like, how many days can you allot to exercise in your routine right now? Like in your schedule? Okay. Can you do four days a week? If my general recommendation is to get two to four days of exercise in your routine, how many is realistic for you to be consistent with three? Cool. All right. Yeah. So our focus is to start focusing on strength training right out of the gate to help you build muscle. You know, then we could talk about splits, um, or like what to do each day, but it's really focusing on, you know, how many days in the routine can you allot to weight training, ensuring that, or exercise in general, ensuring that you're at least getting one to two rest days minimum. And you know, if that means you're getting your two rest days and you train twice a week, you get your two rest days and you're training five days a week, instead of asking how often it's like, well, what can you be consistent with? And if we can look at it from that perspective, it's like, it's easier to maintain and be consistent with, than I have to work out X amount of days.
0: Okay. And how many days in a row would you go before you say, listen, take a rest day? Like three days in a row, where you're you're cutting it off right there. Or is it kind of listening to your body? What do you think?
1: I think it's gonna vary for each individual person. I find for me I like to do maximum three. And then I start to notice that the quality of my training starts to deteriorate. Like I'm just more sore um, or I can't push as hard, or just like mentally, I'm like, I don't even want to be at the gym today. You Mm. know, so there's there's no right or wrong if we want to keep it simple. Um, I like to do, if you're going to train four days a week, do two days, rest day, two days, and then maybe two days off. Um, but two to three days and then a rest day is, is great to start with, to keep it simple.
0: Okay. Awesome. That's kind of what I do. Sometimes I do three and then a rest day, but, uh, yeah, it's one of those things where, man, I struggle sometimes with sitting still. My rest day is like, I've, like I said, I am so driven and I feel like I'm doing nothing. I have to remind myself like this rest day is actually benefiting me as well. Yeah. My body needs it. And it's going to help my workout tomorrow. I have a hard time just sitting there thinking I'm just like not accomplishing anything. So, yeah. It, and that's hurting.
1: really common. Like a yeah. lot of people think that. And if, for me too, like when I was doing um, a lot of the beach body programs, it's like if I wasn't working out here. I am one fearful that I'm not going to burn enough calories, but I'm like, antsy cause I felt like I, I wasn't doing it right. Like it was wrong to take a rest day. But the one thing I always say is that your workout are, is only as effective as your ability to recover from it. Mm. So it's not just that the rest day is important from your physiology and like muscle repair, because you're breaking down the muscle as you're lifting or you doing cardio or anything. But it's also from that mental standpoint of If you, if you have to work out six, seven days a week, of course, it's going to feel like a chore because you feel like you have to be there versus let me, let me take the day off. Let me go for a hike. Let me go kayak. Let me go paddleboard. Let me go ski. And then when you go back into the gym, you're going to be stronger and you're going to be able to push harder because you've been able to step back. And there's so much more to recovery than just a rest day. And on a rest day, I want you to truly rest, but you can still be an active human, right? You could still go for a walk. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You can still do something that feels good, but also ensuring that we have proper recovery in place. Like, are we sleeping enough? Are we eating enough? Are we drinking enough water? Are we prioritizing protein to help with that muscle, you know, that muscle synthesis? Um, there's so much more to recovery than just taking that day off that we can do on a regular basis to ensure that we're not getting too sore. And because soreness isn't an in indicator of a good workout. And I think okay. that's a misconception too.
0: Okay. And, um, I want to hit on protein. You just mentioned in a moment, yeah. I got a question here that, um, I'm thinking of insanity max and, you know, yeah. there's the Tabata strength and all that kind of stuff. That's not what you're talking about.
1: I'm so glad they didn't put me in those workouts. <laughs>
0: oh my god i'll ask you i'll ask you about that momentarily but uh, yeah there's a few of those where you gotta do it for like 45 seconds to get the 15 second and second off do it for, i was like right. that i skip that disc like all the time um, I really do um so there's probably i wonder if there's people like listening to this thinking like well i'm doing push-ups I'm doing squats in these yeah. things like is that not good enough is that weight training and that's not what you're talking about right I don't want to assume anything.
1: So, in theory, if you are lifting your body weight, you are still strength training, you are still resistance training. But there comes a period of time, and we see this with people who do home workouts or body weight workouts, that it's not going to become a stimulus strong enough to elicit continuing to get stronger. This is basically the concept of progressive overload. Think about if you wanted to um, run a 5K and you haven't run before, you're going to start by getting off the couch and running for five minutes. And then a minute, eventually five minutes is gonna feel easy. And then you have to run for 10 minutes and then 10 minutes is gonna feel easy. And then you're gonna run for a mile and then a mile is gonna feel easy. But the thing that helps you get stronger is you're constantly pushing that threshold. So your body has to adapt to it. Body weight is great, but eventually we're gonna to need to add weight so that you have to break down the muscle to get stronger so that you're constantly progressing in the stress on your system to elicit you building muscle and to elicit those strength grains. So yeah, body weight is absolutely strength training. Um, my caveat would be if you're doing it from a Tabata perspective, it's probably more hit training than weight training because you're doing it so fast. And for the purpose of burning calories versus lifting within one to two reps of where you would fatigue resting and lifting again, think of it like, I mean, I don't promote body by bodybuilding style workouts, but there's a difference between doing a pushups in a minute and lifting for the purpose of breaking down the muscle and getting stronger.
0: Okay. So I'm going to ask this for Kristen, who's my fiance, just for that, just using her as <laughs> an example, let's yeah. say it's like, um, i want to get stronger. Like, but yeah. she wants to know, like, how many reps do you do? How many sets do you do? Like, do you have a good, yeah. like, um, baseline for that?
1: Yeah. I would say if you're just starting out three sets of 10 is a great a great baseline. Three okay. sets of 10. And when you're getting to that 10 rep, I mean, there's a there's a big difference between going to the gym and like just doing 10 reps of a bench press and going to the gym and intentionally lifting 10 reps, where by rep eight, by rep nine, you're getting fatigue. By rep 10, you're like, okay, I could have done one to two more, but I probably couldn't have done three. And mm-hmm. when you start to get within that like one to two rep range, that's when you know you're using an appropriate weight. Um So three sets of 10 is a great place to start. You can really build muscle and build strength in many different rep ranges, but it's a great foundation to build Um, You know, three sets of 10, three sets of 12 for you to get comfortable lifting weights and get comfortable with moving your body under load, and then working down into lower rep ranges to build strength. um, And there's different components to exercise, right? If you are lifting heavier with less reps, it's gonna be more strength focused Mm -hmm. versus if you're lifting Slightly lighter, think like 10 to 12 reps, this is gonna be more muscle building focus, like hypertrophy, versus if you're lifting higher reps, I'm talking like 12 to 15 repetitions, it's, it's gonna be more muscular endurance. Hmm. But a, a okay. great baseline, just to keep it simple, three, three sets of 10. Um, and then as that gets easier, maybe you're gonna do three sets of 10, but you're gonna increase the load. And this is how we can challenge ourselves without having to navigate all these different toggles.
0: Okay. And, uh, let's just say I go to the gym and I'm doing chest that day. Would you say yeah. like four different exercise, four different types of exercises get enough? Three, five, like, what do you think?
1: It depends on how long you have to work out. But if we're going to say like a 45 to 60 minute workout, five to six exercises, you don't want to do more because if you're doing more than you're not lifting heavy enough, you by okay. five to six exercises. You should be like, okay, I've worked. I've done enough for the day, but still be able to walk out of the gym feeling good and energized versus depleted. We, we think about this a lot when it comes to HIIT style training or, um, these classes that we take that we should sweat a ton, we should burn a lot, and we should be completely and utterly depleted when we finish a workout. Not the case with weight training. You're not going to burn as many calories during the session but you will become more metabolically efficient as you're putting more muscle on your frame and you want to leave feeling like, okay, I worked, but I'm good. I can go on with my day. I feel energized versus like dragging yourself off the gym floor.
0: Okay. And so let's just say I'm done with set one rep. ten. Put the weight down. Am I watching the clock? When am I picking it back up 30 seconds later or something like that?
1: Yeah. 30 seconds is a great standard recommendation. If you're getting into lower weights then you can trend, you know, I would say three sets of 10, rest 30 seconds, hmm. three sets. of. I'm sorry. One set of 10 reps, rest 30 seconds. One set of 10 reps, rest 30 seconds. One set of 10 rest 30 seconds. Then you're going to rest 60 seconds before you move into your next exercise.
0: Okay. Yeah. And, uh, here's a random thought. If yep. I'm at the gym and the yep. freaking gym is busy. Cause it always is. <laughs> yeah.
1: Someone's at,
0: Someone's on my machine. What do you do? Beat
1: them up. I'm just kidding. Beat up. That's <laughs> beat how you get stronger. Yeah.
0: right? beat them up. <laughs>
1: So, my question is Is someone on the machine that you need to go to, or someone came in and stole it while you were going to do a different exercise?
0: Um, Maybe both. I was just thinking this happened the other day. Like, I was like, all right, I'm going to hit my shoulders up. I hate yeah. doing shoulders because I got bad shoulders, but um, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to hit my shoulders up. All the different shoulder exercises were taken. I was like, okay, what the hell? So a lot of times I just go to abs. I do core or something like that or whatever. Do you have just, this is random. Do you have any, like, yeah. you should go do this instead in the meantime until the machine comes open. What do you think?
1: Um, I would say, I mean, this is comes from my personal trainer days where like we had an hour with a client, we got to move quickly and be creative. Mm-hmm. Um, if the goal is to hit a shoulder exercise, just do a different shoulder exercise. And, or grab a dumbbell and you can do a dumbbell variation of the exercise you were going to do Like if you were going to do barbell shoulder press and the barbell Mm -hmm. squat rack is taken, just Mm -hmm. grab a dumbbell and do dumbbell shoulder press or grab, um, go to a cable and do a cable shoulder press or, uh, grab a kettlebell and do a kettlebell shoulder press. It's all still working the same muscle, even if the equipment is different.
0: Okay. No, that's great. It's so simple, but it's one of those things where it's like, sometimes you're like, oh, the machines I wanted are gone. Yeah. What I do now and you're burning time there and you're just sitting around, you know? So Um, And if someone,
1: yeah, I'm sorry. If someone is on the piece of equipment, just talk to them. Like, hey, you know, I got two more sets. Can we work in? People are really, people can go into the gym and feel really intimidated because you have these people who look like they know what they're doing and have, you know, they're in great shape and it's a really vulnerable place but everybody feels insecure. And I think that's a really important thing to keep in mind. Everyone's checking themselves out in the mirror and just trying to look and feel better in their skin. And so if someone is on the piece of equipment, ladies, please hear this. Walk up and say like, hey, how many sets do you have left? Okay, cool. I'm going to work in when you're done. Or hey, can I work in for a couple sets? Or put your stuff down, just let them know you're going to come back to it and then go do another exercise in the meantime. Don't Mm -hmm. be afraid to take up space and don't be afraid to ask for what you want. People are more than willing to share most of the time. Great
0: advice. Great advice. This is why I have my own podcast. Okay. I get to ask these <laughs> random questions. I love it. <laughs> okay. So one of the last things I think I really want to hit on, I think is very important As you brought protein. Um, yeah. let's just go into it. Let's just dive into protein. What do you know about it? How do you know you're getting enough and where do you get it from?
1: Uh, so there's a general recommendation that if you are trying to preserve or maintain muscle mass, we don't want to go low, go below 0.8 grams per pound of body weight. So in theory if you are let's say as I'm pulling out my calculator um if you are you know let's say 150 pound woman and you are looking to see how much protein you would eat you do 150 times 0.8 and that gives you 120 grams okay that's a general recommendation. if you are looking to build muscle, we do like to see that number trend a little bit closer towards one gram per pound of body weight. Now for individuals who are, have weight to lose or tend to sit at a weight that's higher than where they want to be. If you are someone who's trending, let's say 200 pounds. And I say, you know, have 0.8 grams, that's going to give you 160 grams of protein, which is a lot of protein to eat. (laughs) And so this general rule of thumb has to have, like, let's just be honest with ourselves that you're, you're not going to be force feeding yourself. 160 grams of protein. It's going to be massively expensive and just not enjoyable to hit. And so I would say if we can, you know, trend somewhere between 120 grams to 150 grams, fantastic. If you are someone who eats, excuse me, more plant based, it's going to be harder to hit, um, you know, or if you're someone who is more vegetarian, it's going to be harder to eat that much. But as long as you're getting a serving or more of protein at every single meal, it's better than not having protein because we see protein being the hardest to hit macronutrients where women, especially, I think most individuals, but women especially tend to skimp on and looking for ways that you can get protein in your diet without outside sources. So, I mean, when we think of protein and things to eat, we think of, you know, chicken and beef and steak and lean turkey and salmon and these fish. I mean, these are great protein sources, but you're also going to get protein from a little bit of broccoli and some oats and these sources that are not as just protein based. Like if we're looking at the macronutrients, right, it's going to be more carb based, but it has protein in it. And so this is a great way that if you wanted to log food into MyFitnessPal, you can make sure that as you're eating these different foods, you're able to hit your protein goal. But I mean, general recommendation, if you can get protein at every single meal and try to aim for 0.8 per gram of body weight, that's a great place to start.
0: Okay. Yeah, I know that like um a, a snack that I love to eat is edamame. Edamame is from really I love good edamame.
1: It's so high in protein. Yeah. Great salty too.
0: Oh, I love it. I love the dry, mm-hmm. the dry, salty ones, or just yeah. like um, you know, the ones you get like the sushi restaurants or whatever. I'm a huge fan of edamame. Um yeah. what are your thoughts when someone is going to look and buy like they're getting inspired by this conversation? It was like, all right, I want to go buy a protein shake. What are you looking for? Mm-hmm. And what what do they want to skip out on too?
1: So I'm going to say the two things you want to focus on first and foremost is the amount of protein that that protein powder will have per serving. If it's a protein powder, you want it to have 20 grams or more. Simple as that. If it's not having 20 grams, then I don't know, you're just kind of wasting your time. Um, And you want to look at the ingredients of it because while it's like a protein powder might sound really healthy, if you walk into like GNC or vitamin shop, And you look at the ingredients list, if it's like 20 ingredients or more, it's like, well, yeah, you just wanted protein, but now you're also getting sugars and gums and all of these fillers. It's probably not serving you in the way that you intended it to. Mm -hmm. So I like to look for the quality of the ingredients and the amount of protein per serving. You know, there's different styles of protein in terms of whey isolate versus you know, all of these, um, what's the other one that's, it's skipping my mind, not necessarily something I focus on or touch on a lot with clients. I do think that a protein shake is a great way to supplement if you're not getting enough protein in your diet. Um, but ingredients are really important. Like for me, I tend to be allergic to most protein powders. So I like to stick with more of a plant-based protein, um, versus, especially if you're dairy sensitive, you don't want to go with whey because it does have dairy in it versus like a whey protein is a great place to start if you're looking for one. Um, but there's tons of healthy brands out there like Organifi. I use Truvani protein powder. Um, what are some other ones? There's a lot of great ones like ancient nutrition. Um, primal kitchen has some great one- not primal kitchen. You yeah, know, there's a lot of great brands that are quality focused that are great to incorporate into your diet. If you're looking for one
0: awesome because i feel like yeah. there's probably a ton of like misinformation as well when it comes to protein and whatever yeah. the media wants to push and all these you know yeah. other companies that have different agendas so um i love how you just made it so simple because you go yeah. to the store you're like i don't know what the hell to buy here or there's like 10 different options and like what the hell yeah, yeah it's like pea protein plant protein whey protein isolate protein
1: right isolate that's what i was trying to think of
0: yeah you got all these different proteins and it's just like you're right like you look at the at the back i try to stay away from the ones with like the sucralose or fructose and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff in it that's just terrible stuff that's just like you're trying to be healthy and you're going the complete opposite direction to putting that stuff in your body so <laughs> don't do that
1: <laughs> and i i was that person who when i first started you know getting into fitness i i was that person eating like protein cookies and protein chips and protein uh, pudding i you, vitamin shop was like the place to go. And now I'm like, okay, let me just get it from whole nutrient dense sources. And then now I'm not actually full and I'm actually reaping the rewards of building muscle versus trying to cheat the corners.
0: That's one of those things where I brought up a long time ago in this conversation about like the whole almond thing. You think you're being healthy and you're just putting this crap in your body every every day is like, I'm eating like more than a handful of almonds and a protein bar. And it's just like, I did more yeah. damage, When it actually sounds like it should be healthy. So
1: there was a time in college where I, cause I was the same thing. I thought almonds were healthy. And I used to go to this store and purchase like this bag of almonds and just eat the whole thing. Cause I was like, yep. well, it's a healthy food. And I didn't know it was like, here you are. Hundreds of grams of fat. And I'm yes. like, why am I still so hungry?
0: Yes. That's a, th- yep, I can relate to that 100%. That was uh, kicking the almonds or at least limiting yeah. them was a huge <laughs> benefit. I didn't
1: understand that. serving sizes back then.
0: <laughs> huge. But um, tell you what, Shannon, like I, I, I want to wrap this up. And at the same time, I kind of want to keep this going for like five hours because this is amazing. <laughs> I, I love your attitude. And you can tell that you're in such a good place with fitness and health and nutrition. It just comes off so easy to you. And now I know why you're a coach and instructor because you've been through it, you live it, and now you're comfortable with it. And you're in a really good place to kind of give those words to other people. So that is super inspiring. And there's a lot that I learned in this and I know people are going to listen to this and there's different parts of this conversation that everyone's going to take something from. It, It was awesome! But oh, thank you. Before I, I, you know, wind this down, I want to give you the opportunity. If there's anything else that we didn't touch on that you want to say, and at the same time, please tell people where they can find you and everything, and everything you're working on for the future as well.
1: Yeah, you know what? I haven't really thought about what I would answer to that question, and I think what comes to mind, something we didn't touch on, is actually back when we were talking about Max 30, and I almost got kicked out of the cast. I off. I suffered a severe back injury mm-hmm. uh, after auditions before filming. I'm someone who, man, I have torn ACL twice. I have, you know, almost got kicked out of the cast of Max 30 because of tearing, uh, pulling my back. And I'm hearing from a lot of individuals lately, especially, and this is just kind of coming from my heart right now clients and people with sicknesses and suffering injuries and we can beat ourselves up when we can't do things to the level of the extent that we can when we're healthy and when we're strong and we take these moments of setbacks where our body needs to heal recovering from sickness recovering from injury and we can use it as times to be like here I am failing again like, I can't work out, or, you know, life is crazy, and I can't show up for myself at the way that I want to. And the whole way that we get to stay this course and stay in living a healthy lifestyle and stay in being consistent comes from a place of compassion, that we're not going to be able to show up 100% in every single season. And sometimes giving our 100% looks like 80%. Sometimes Giving our hundred percent is 20% in comparison, but as long as we stay committed to building momentum, even if it's one single percent every single day, I promise you that you're going to make progress. And if you're going through an injury right now, if you're going through a season, recovering from sickness, or there's just a lot going on, like losing a loved one, have compassion for yourself during that time and know that as things settle back down, you get to lean back in. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. But I think this compassion piece is often missed and it just, I don't know, on my heart to share with individuals today coming off of what was my second ACL tear like, you know, this past year.
0: I saw that post the other day. You had, yeah. congratulations for bouncing back. Oh, that's, thank uh, you. <laughs> I never had that, knock on wood, but you know, being an athlete, I know that's a brutal injury and that's a long rehab. So Long rehab. <laughs> that was very well said. I know why you were also a self-love coach. I completely <laughs> understand that. I so. am, yeah. As, this is awesome. I, I can't recommend all the listeners listening to this to follow you. Like I said, I'll put all the you. all the um social links and your website and everything in the show notes. So please go ahead and talk about that. Where can people find you?
1: Oh yeah. So Instagram is probably the best place. Uh you can find me. My handle is at Shannon Berushian. Check out the notes because my name is long. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, you know, I'm always sharing tons of content on there doing live trainings and bringing experts on to talk about things just like this in other areas of health and fitness. And then, you know, I did want to make sure that for all of your loyal listeners, Ryan, that um, they have access to a great guide. I have a free high protein recipe guide. So if you're looking for recipes or really well-balanced meals that you can make that are super simple and, um, you know, fill you up and satisfy that sweet tooth. I believe we can maybe put that in the show notes for them Absolutely. and then go down that, and that's free. And this way, I don't know you don't have to scroll through Pinterest for hours looking for recipes. But please, you know, come on over to Instagram, hang out, send me a DM, say hi, and stay connected.
0: Perfect. And the content's really good. It's just really good. It's not, <laughs> Thank you, you, you know, like you go all these influencers or whatever. Yeah. A lot of it's like cheesy. It's like I don't want to follow this person. You have a post. Yeah. You you have. Uh, a good message behind every post that you do there's there's not a wasted Mm -hmm. post in that whole in your whole instagram feed so
1: yeah i'm just here to educate like i just want to teach you how to do this on your own that's my goal
0: that's awesome love it shannon (laughs) it's been a pleasure i hope you've enjoyed this as much as i have because it's been oh my gosh thank you so much for having me absolutely and uh don't be surprised if i ask you to come back on i
1: would be honored i'd be honored (laughs) this was
0: great shannon it's been a pleasure we will chat soon thank you thank you you're a rock star. Thank you so much for joining me on my podcast and bringing such great and positive information to me and my audience. Now there are a lot of fitness instructors that are probably like into themselves I can't really relate to. I related to Shannon so well and you can tell she just genuinely really wants to help other people and she's done a great job of doing that and will continue to do a great job of doing that. So please follow her. And also, please follow me if you love this episode. As I mentioned in the beginning, please leave a rating or review. I really appreciate it. And stay tuned for the next episode of the Pursuit of Happiness podcast. I have another amazing guest. See you soon.